It's Friday, February 8th, and I'm feeling like it's been a long time. This is Cockatrice Nuggets with Rich Frazier, serving you up a heaping helping of RPG nuggets straight to your gaming table. Hey Rich, it's Tristan. Uh, You were a great help um, helping me structure my germ of a campaign idea, the uh, Japanese Islands one. I need your help again. I want to run a mission that's kind of like Monster of the Week, where there's just one overarching enemy, a big monster, and you hunt it down, and there's like kind of a werewolf aspect to it where it can infect one or more of them and uh, kind of make them into copies of itself. But this could lead to like a pretty cool, like epic kaiju fight at the end where the barbarian becomes a were-whatever. Uh... It's set in Ravnica, so it's the big city plane of existence. So I'm thinking the monster's kind of like an elemental, but it's like a rubble house elemental. So it's a, not a werewolf, it's a warehouse. Anyway, would love to hear any help about making a monster hunt. Wow, Tristan, a monster hunt hunting a warehouse. Fascinating. Um, yeah, I was reading Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, and there's some good stuff in there about... Um, elementals and stuff and it definitely sounds like a um uh borderlands is not what it's called rubble rubble belt kind of kind of scene right um i can imagine it this elemental uh taking over a house right and just building it up um and the whole mystery thing like where it can affect people it, it first got me thinking about john carpenter's the thing um so if you haven't seen that check that out because it's a you know and it's an amazing movie and it'll and it'll like give you some ideas of how to install that paranoia in the other players, if that's what you're looking for. Um, otherwise, uh, there was a movie. It's got uh, John Goodman and uh, Denzel Washington, I believe, in it. Um, God, I say Denzel Washington, but it, thinking about it now, it's not Denzel Washington. It's somebody else. Um, anyway, the uh, I can look it up and get back to you on it, but uh, someone else can call in and correct me, too. Um, it, the, it's a, it's about a devil, right? I think. And he goes around saying time is on my side. And what he can do is he can just possess anybody and he jumps back and forth between people. Um, and John Goodman is a cop who's hunting him down. Uh, it is, uh, it's an amazing movie. It's got, um, a great ending. And, um, I think that's something else where you can, you can play with the infection, right? You can have this this devil jumping back and forth between people. And you can even have the characters still playing themselves, right? Except uh, you interrupt and say, oh, the character says this phrase, right? And then everybody knows, oh shit, it's in that guy, right? So um, as far as hunting goes, um, you definitely want to... The, the mystery is hard to do in D&D. Um, what you can do is you can take cues from... Um, Dragon Heist. I know there's kind of a mystery element there, and you can um, like pull it apart and look at it. Also, um, uh, Zach S made a um, like a a mystery diagram kind of thing, uh, and it's it's kind of like mystery as a dungeon, right? So basically, what he had was I I think it was a triangle. It was a triangle or a square. I think he settled with a triangle. But, um, or gave the example with a square and moved to a triangle. But basically, so if we're using a triangle, we've got three sides and three corners, right? So um, the three sides are clues, and the three corners are basically doors to move to an inner triangle, 
okay? So any of these three clues can get you to that inner triangle. And that inner triangle also has three clues with an inner triangle. And any of those clues can lead into that triangle, if that makes sense. Um, that way, they're not stuck for clues. They, there's always at least three ways they can get them. Um, another thing, I would not have them roll for clues. I would have them show up at a place and boom, there's the clue, right? You um, make it so that the clue is automatic. Uh, Sly Flourish has something called a list of secrets. And basically, it's 10 things that he lists out um, before a game that are that, that either um, move the plot forward, uh, enhance the background of um, like the history of the setting, or otherwise inform the players of something going on, right? And he doesn't decide where these clues are, these secrets and clues are. He doesn't um, premeditate much more than this is what it is. He doesn't think about where it's going to be or what it's going to be contained in. Um, it just happens when, you know, it's, it's spontaneous for him. When he comes across it and he goes, oh, there's writing on the wall here and this is what it says, you know. Or, oh, hey, you made a search roll when you were searching this desk and this is a letter you find in it and this is the information that you need from it. So uh, a combination of those tools can make you have a good, intense uh, mystery with um, some intense moments and uh, infecting everybody else. Also, what it kind of reminded me of with the infecting everybody else was kind of like um, a vampire thing, right? Where you, um, you have to kill the one who, um, the, the head vampire, as you will, right? Like in Lost Boys is really what comes to mind um, because in that movie, he was becoming a vampire, but he ultimately was the one who had to face the head vampire, right? Um, so taking all of those things and mixing them together in your brain and seeing what you get with those, I think would be a good idea. And uh, I'm interested to see what you come up with. Um, take it easy and I will throw some links in my thing for um, all the stuff I mentioned. Hey guys, long time no talk. I've been kind of busy, I guess. Uh, maybe not uh, paying too much attention to the Anchor app. Maybe I should pay a little more. Anyways, uh, I've been busy working on my zine. Uh, I'm going to probably go backwards in chronological order because that's easier for me to remember. Uh, I've been working on five-room dungeon tables lately. Uh, five-room dungeon, let's see if I can remember this. It's entrance and guardian, uh, puzzle and or role-playing challenge. Um, three is a trick or something else. Uh, five, four is the boss battle, the climax, um, and then... Five is the reward, the plot twist, or something else. Um, so I make it, I decided to make tables for these. In my initial run through, I um, I made five tables, right? And I started just brainstorming, put stuff in. What what can be an entrance? What can be a guardian? What can be a, a, a role playing encounter? What can be a, um, a, a trap? What can be a trick? What can be a, a boss battle? What can be a twist? Um, and I'm looking at these tables and. I'm trying to figure out where to put something, right? Um, so, like, maybe a, a, a monster. Where could I put that? I can actually put that in, you know, four or maybe even five. Like, it, the monster could be the reward or the twist, right? You come in and you think it's a treasure chamber, chamber and boom, there's a mummy there. That's a great twist, right? 
Um, so I'm realizing that a lot of these things can kind of be the same thing. I can roll on similar tables to, do, to get these things. So I start breaking it down. Okay, what what is, what makes an entrance or a guardian, right? What makes a, um, a trick or a role-playing challenge? And I, I broke it down into, um, into three things, basically. Um, things to overcome, um, things to find, and um, NPCs or monsters. So uh, breaking that down a little further, as I started filling the tables in, it's, they're all nouns. Uh, NPCs are monsters or persons. Finding something is usually in a place. And um, things to overcome are usually a thing, right? So I started just breaking up nouns. Person, place, or thing. Person, place, or thing. Person, place, or thing. So I came up with uh, three tables. And then I went back and I weighted each room. How likely is this to be a person? How likely is this to be a place? How likely is this to be a thing? Um... So I uh, waited the tables, and then I made an Excel sheet. That took uh, quite a long time, actually, for me. It took uh, maybe an hour to get all the formulas right. Um, but once I got it out, I could just hit refresh and copy and paste and move it on over into OneNote, and all of a sudden I've got five five-room dungeons. Um, I sat down, and I worked on the first one, and it came out pretty good, I think. Um, oh, I made a theme table, too, so it kind of give a theme to tie the whole thing together. Uh, so talking on the Audio Dungeon Discord, um, if you're not on there, you should get on there. Great conversations happen there all the time. And someone mentioned that um, it would be a really good idea to personalize these for specific areas. And I thought, wow, that's a great idea. So that's, that's my next project, probably. Tweaking it so maybe instead of having... Because right now my, my uh, NPCs are really generic, right? I've got like a couple NPCs that would be hanging out in dungeons, like jailers, guards and soldiers. So instead of having generic monsters like Aberration, Undead, I can go for something specifically in the area. Oh, there's a, a copper dragon that lives in the hills. Um, there is um, a band of undead that roam the area. There is a group of bandits over here. So tailoring it specifically to an area should be pretty easy. So like I said, looking at some of these things, um, the, 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 the tables could give me results that are a little bit wonky. Um, person or a thing in, in, the, uh, in the last room is pretty good. That it, it can make sense as a twist, right? But I had some weird things on there. I had colors, magical effects, stuff like that. So like I said, I rolled up five of these things and the first one uh, started going pretty good, right? It was an undead theme. Uh, Monk was the, the guardian. Um, he was uh, trapped there. Um, there was a, uh, a trick. So there was a bell that trapped him there and he, he had to go to destroy the bell. Uh, so the trick is um, every time the bell rings, you, it's coming from the opposite direction than it sounds. So if you go towards the sound of the bell, you're going to get in a monster encounter. Away from the sound of the bell, then you find the bell. Uh, the, um, the boss room was the bell, and then the reward was a ward, W-A-R-D, right? Like a magical ward, that's what it was on the chart. So I had, I had a struggle with this, but that's what I like about rolling on tables, right? Because you don't get the answers that you would normally give, right? And, and this 
It made me think out of the box, right? And I wanted to use these tables as they were, so I didn't like look at the results and re-roll. I just rolled out five of them and threw them in OneNote and decided to come back to them later. So I did a, a web search, right? What's the definition of ward, right? So um, we could have had like a, um, Batman's ward, right? A, a, a kid in there who um, was kidnapped or something like that. I didn't like that idea, um, so I kind of moved on. Uh, a ward as a guard, right? So that's kind of what I'm going on. And then um, I, I stumbled across, I typed in ward D&D. And I stumbled across this thing called a Ghost Ward Amulet. Um, supposedly it was from 3.5 edition, 3.5 edition. Um, I don't know. It was on D&D Wiki, so however much faith you put in that thing, you know, <laughs> I'd probably put less in. Um, but I was looking at it, and it was kind of interesting, right? So it, uh, it was a magical thing that protected you from incorporeal attacks. Um, it was a crystal that you attached to armor. So I took that and ran with it. I was like, okay, so let's make it a rune. I've had runes in my game before, and you can attach them to weapons or armor generally, and they'll do different things depending if you attach to a weapon or armor. And I think I got this from Storm King's Thunder. Um, I think that um, it, it's either what was in Storm King's Thunder or they, what they talked about before and what I imagined should be in Storm King's Thunder. Um, I'll have to go back and check that out. So I decided if it was a weapon, then it would go ahead and it would um, you'd be able to deal necrotic or cold damage, right? Um, and this, um, and I was thinking about it, it's going to be something against the undead. So I decided to look up how many undead are immune to cold and necrotic, and it turns out there's a lot. So I think I switched it to only cold, and then if you hit something that is immune to cold, it goes down to resistant. If you hit something that's, and it ignores resistance, on um, creatures, so that knocks it out. And if they're not resistant or immune, if you crit, you get to roll three times the dice. Now, I think I stole that from Matt Coville, uh, Strongholds of Followers. Not sure where I read it, but I'm pretty sure that's that was the place. Um, so I've got this rune that you can attach to a weapon, and then if you attach to an armor, it protects you from incorporeal attacks. I think I said it um, gives you resistant to any incorporeal attack. Uh, so uh, I came up with a pretty cool little magic item out of that, huh? Um, I'm excited to um, pop these into my zine. I'm excited to use them in play, right? And uh, I've got I've got four more that I need to sit down and go over, and then I've got a blog article I'm going to write about it. Um, I, if I remember, I'll put a link in the show notes, but probably not. My blog is uh, slackernerds.com. I mentioned it in the end blurb, I think. Uh, I also will probably post it to Patreon because I'm trying to drive a lot of traffic to Patreon right now. Um, if, if I'm going to try to make money in, in the role-playing area, then I need to like focus my effort on making money, right? Uh, that kind of brings me to another topic, uh, self-promotion. It's kind of been in the air lately. Um, and it's, it's the only way I can promote right now, right? I've got, um, I've got people who are, uh, cheerleaders, right? Uh, Colin Spikebit, right? Uh, again, if you're not listening to him, you're doing something wrong. Uh, go listen to him right now. Um, he's, he's very much a cheerleader for, for creation, right? Um, there's a couple other people. Uh, Ray Otis is also someone who, like, pushes creation, um, there's, uh, let's see, Follow Me and Die podcast. Larry on there, he's a big one for pushing for creation. Just everybody in this audio dungeon discord is like, create, create, create. Um, 
and I feel like they give me the motivation to do that, but they're not going to go out and promote my stuff necessarily, right? Um, not that that's a bad thing either, right? Because there's a lot of stuff out there, and I know my stuff isn't the best stuff, right? But I, as I work towards it, I'm going to get a following, and as I get a following, they'll start to broadcast out, but I still need to self-promote, right? Um, Coke and Pepsi, right? They, they self-promote, right? They, they run Super Bowl ads. How much money do they spend on self-promotion, right? So I feel like, I don't feel like it's selling out to self-promote. And that's kind of what's been tossed around. Uh, that's what's been in the air lately, it seems like. Um, but I, I self-promote everywhere. I self-promote until I am told to stop self-promoting. Hey, I've got a Patreon now. So if I don't tell you about it, who will? I'll be doing super secret campaign notes, release updates, and early access to my zine and other stuff that I decide to produce. So check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Jerry247. That's J-E-R-R-Y 247. Don't ask me why. That's all the nuggets we got this week. You want to reach out? You can leave a voice message in the Anchor FM app, website, or send a file to my email. You can email me at cockatricenuggets at slackernerds.com or leave a comment on my website, slackernerds.com. This podcast is available wherever fine podcasts are stored. So let me know how I'm doing by leaving me a rating on iTunes or your preferred podcaster. Thanks for listening.